Welcome back, ladies and gents, to Tuesday's edition of the Field of 68 Best Bet Show, presented by our fine sponsor, Bet Rivers. Fellas, it's Chris Beard Day. Uh, for those who have been tuning in to the phenomenal coverage that our fine uh, overlords Field 68 has been putting together, Jeff Goodman is in the trenches. That will be a highly litigated game on today's slate. But Kai, Jim, it is a sneaky, awesome Tuesday rundown. Um, let's get into it. Last night, Monday, decent slate from last night. I think we can learn a thing or two. Kyle, I'll start with you. Tell the folks what you took away from the evening. Watched a lot of Wyoming, Colorado State, and what a chess match late in the game between Linder and Medved. Fun to watch. Both guys Bobby calling. Fisher versus other ah. chess legend guy. Kasparov. Awesome. Kasparov. It, it was just fantastic <laughs> <laughs> back and forth basketball. Um, what sucked was it was a bit of a ref show at the end. Um, back-to-back plays, calling charges on EK and Roddy, getting him out of the game. That's no fun, refs. Let the boys play. Also, I was on Colorado State, so I was kind of mad at the result. But fun game either way. Fun to see coaches go at it. Both those teams are great. Jim, your turn. Yeah, Kai, I'm with you. I, the, the, the back down stuff, like, if you can say three bounces of the ball before it happens, if the guy's going to flop, it shouldn't be a charge. Like, it right. was so obvious that both guys really were like, he's going to fall down. The yep. second he gets close to the basket, it's just, it's just frustrating to see that out there. Uh, that was really my takeaway too, Kai. That was the game I watched a ton of. Iowa-Penn State was a phenomenal ending. The Keegan-Murray tip-in yeah. to go to overtime was one of the most insane plays. To cushion a three-point shot that lightly yeah, was, was, was mega impressive. <laughs> but, Matt, your Nittany's got it done. Knocked off Iowa. They have struggled on the road, and they're playing a third straight road game coming up this week. So, the Hawkeyes floundering a little bit right now. Hey, Shrewsbury. Like what he's doing out there and. uh not College Station. Uh, Happy Valley. Thank you. No, I have confusing those locations of schools. Hey, my takeaway. Shrewdberry. Shrewdberry. He is. With the the old clipboard. uh, Phenomenal tactician. Kai, here's what I learned. This whole UNC Wilmington thing is like a Hollywood script in the making. Every game, they just, whenever you think they're going to fold, they don't. Got down 20, I think, to Drexel. Uh, I was on fire. Punched back. I thought it was close to like 18. I thought it was close to double just one half. Okay, it was double digits or low double digits at least first half. Uh, sure enough, find a way to win, win by seven. They are on fire right now. It's just one of those things where as a handicapper, you put them in the never fade pool. There's just something magical about what's happening. Kind of has like the Drake feel from last year a little bit. Um, the Wofford feel a couple of years. I don't know. They're not, not that mm. good, but but they have that same mojo, mojo. where you just don't want to mess yeah. with it. Yeah, as a handicapper. All right, let's get into it, kids. Texas at Texas Tech. Um, a few people safe to say we'll be interested in this game. A few people will be in attendance and Kai. So I've been told some, not all, some were a little bit perturbed when Chris Beard bolted perturbed. across the States. Perturbed. Sorry. Perturbed. perturbed thank you. Okay. When he perturbed bolted West sounds like a perturbed. video streaming service. Pertube.com. Pertube. I like that <laughs> where you're watching really angsty videos. Kai. Anyway, some people are not very happy yes. about Chris Beard's departure and this figures to be what maybe the best home court crowd electricity in the entire country this year. I, um, yeah. I almost gave five points for home. I, I think I think odds makers did at first. Um, I saw some maybe maybe it was offshore books open at like six six and a half, and I was like, man, that's a lot of respect for Texas Tech. But the atmosphere is going to be absolutely insane. You saw the maybe you didn't see, but there there's camps right tents outside the stadium very early for this game. Obviously, Texas Tech has a lot of um, ire for for Chris Beard right now, Jim, after leaving their school. 
Um, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be low scoring. Both defenses are insane. I expect a brawl. I'm excited to watch this one. I guess I t- sort of lean towards the Longhorns with, with the points with four and the under, but I'm not stepping in front of that Texas Tech crowd. Could be magical tonight. Yeah, I mean, these teams are built so similarly. Like, they're really transfer heavy, like in terms of roster construction. And the architect of both defenses is pretty similar. Like, they're going to play that no middle style. It's going to be a grind in the half court, like Kai said. And neither one really has the offensive pop to take advantage of the no middle. I don't think there's a lot of, like, uh, shooting barrages going to happen in this one. We, we just saw Texas play that ugly rock fight with Tennessee over the weekend. It feels like something similar is going to happen here. I'm kind of on the side of give a ton for home and, and I'm leaning towards the red Raiders. Um, I didn't bet it, but if I had to, that would be my side. I'm sorry, Matt. I know you are Mr. You're really working on this contrarian reputation right now. I am. Yes, I I, am. Yeah. So I'm more red Raiders than, than Longhorns today. I apologize. Both guys know the playbook, right? Like this should be a, we know exactly what we're going to do type of game. Which is predominantly why I thought where the line sat last night, minus six, Texas Tech was outrageously too high. I was trying some to hop places, in on the yeah. Longhorns some places. Yeah. Now it's down to four, four and a half. That's that's where it should be, right? It's basically like, okay, these are two teams looking in the mirror, carbon copies, and we're giving a fat home court juice to uh, what should be a phenomenal uh, home crowd there in Lubbock. I guess the one thing you have to look at is Texas hasn't proven itself really against top notch top notch competition obviously they grinded out one against tennessee but texas tech has been more impressive in bigger spots this season i think that definitely gives them like an edge in this game that will probably have some real you know some kids will be feeling pretty nervy out there shannon's dicey we talked about this i mean i think he's going to play that's what the rumors are pointing towards but how effective will he be he could be a real x factor i mean this texas tech offense if bryson williams isn't going full nuclear uh, Wilson, I'm sorry, or Williams, Bryce Williams uh, isn't going full nuclear. Then I, I worry about Tech's offense against the pack line there. All right. Another hype home crowd matchup here. Hilton magic Kai reincarnated Ugh, this year, it. baby under odds. They're hosting Kansas. And when I think Hilton magic, I always think Kansas, like the Seahawks always great. But for me, it's like, I think Kansas, Iowa state, that is the pinnacle of the Hilton magic juice. Big news here just released about an hour ago. Ochayag Baji will not be playing in tonight's tilt out because Huge. of COVID protocol. Yeah, that's large for a team that has really struggled to find offensive balance from the perimeter, just really offensive balance and dynamic creation in general. Um, player of the year candidate, he matters, Kai. So spread guy, oh, yeah. get down. What do you make of it where it sits currently? Yeah, hammered down to minus two and a half now. Um, yeah, I ordinarily, I'd, I'd probably... Number wise, pure number wise, even yesterday at three, three and a half, when I assumed full strength, I kind of lean towards Kansas, but the Iowa State angle at home, the revenge after nearly beating Kansas on the road at Fog Allen, uh, scared me. And and KU had a nine point lead in that game. Iowa State stormed back. Agbaji had twenty two points, and if you recall, McCormick was in the doghouse during that game. I think he plays more in this one, probably more of a factor. But there's no Agbaji. Maybe Remy Martin still banged up. So that strength versus strength matchup, KU offense versus Iowa State defense, is severely skewed now towards Iowa State's defense. So right now I'm I'm sort of leaning towards the clones, Jim. Yeah, I, I think the clones win. I just Kansas has has been not great lately. They're one and six against the spread in their last seven. Like I I think there's been a lot of maybe even glossing over how kind of poor they've been, uh, not covering big numbers at home and and some of the road stuff they've skated by mostly because of Abaji's greatness. And without him making a ton of shots and kind of bailing them out, 
I think Iowa State has the defense to lock them down, keep this one very frustrating. The under is actually my best bet. I think this game is going to be played in the half court, and Kansas loses its most potent offensive weapon without Baji. Uh, so under 136 and a half is my best bet, Matt. I just Iowa State at home, the way Osselberger has them defending, they've got weapons to throw at Christian Brown. Like you can throw Brockington and Kalsher and uh, even Trey Williams off the bench. Uh, Trey Williams, I think it's Trey Williams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thank you. There's, I feel like there's more than one Trey Williams. There are more than there one are, Trey there Williams. Are, I know. Why <laughs> there are which is why it's confusing me. Um, yeah, so they, they've got bodies to throw there, and McCormick isn't ready to be the alpha offensive option right now. So Trey under Jackson. for me, Matthew. Trey, Trey Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, There thank are multiple you. Trey Jacksons too. Matt? Uh, I agree with our boss, Mr. Jeff Goodman, talking about how McCormick just – he's going to – he is who he is, right? You're going to get good games, you're going to get bad games, but I think we need to kind of give up the – wishful thinking that he's going to emerge in this consistent dominant force like some of the other top-notch big guys in college basketball are sure could he have a nice game today yes i just think you're if you're banking on him to lead the charge uh without igbaji and with a gimpy remy martin um it's gonna have to be pristine execution from kansas's offense right which they they play well as a collective that's kind of the secret sauce of the jayhawks is that they they you know the sum is greater than the or the Whole is greater than some of the parts, whatever the hell that stupid saying is. That's I fundamentally believe that's a true thing for Kansas, and we'll see that tested to its fullest today. Jim, you're under. I'm just shocked that the spread came down two points, but the total only came down, I think, a point. I think that's a miss. I mean, Agbaji is enormous for this offense, um, even though it's slight. He's yeah, really good defensively too. The the splits like their defense gets a lot worse when he's off the floor. I I, I have the on off splits. I guess I should give them out. Yeah, drop. We're, we're doing information here. Uh, per Hoop Explorer, they are plus thirty two points per one hundred when he's on the court. Only plus eight when he's not. That really drops down. And Hoop Lens is very similar. Plus twenty one per hundred. Okay. Plus four when he's out. Uh, the Hoop Explorer stuff is adjusted for competition, which is why it differs from Hoop Lens. But yep, yep. the story is very clear. They are very mortal when he is not on the floor because he, he's been there, there everything so far. Right. Uh, yeah, I guess my point, I still think the under has value uh, with Jim's best bet there. I don't think it's moved enough to represent Agbaji's offensive impact, even though he is a very good defender, as you mentioned. All right, sorry, belabored it. Next game up here, Kai. The Iron Ball. Man, there's just a Iron Ball. awesome Iron Ball, baby, on the hardwood. <laughs> Um, Auburn was a fireball in the opening matchup, Mr. McKeon. Um, I know you're mean, you have a dissenting opinion here on the total. I actually like the under you are leaning another direction. Are you not? My best bet is the over Matthew. In fact. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So, and so yeah. far, just for those tracking at home, uh, when Matt openly disagrees with the best bet, that usually wins as Jim saw last night with UNC Wilmington. So yeah, make sure as soon as you disagreed, I was here. like, lock baby, double the unit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Total angle here. Uh, first game played to 81 possessions and there's only 158 points, which is just barely over the current number, but both teams were not efficient in the slightest. Like they were missing tons yeah. of shots. I, I think they're slightly more efficient. I think this game does go 80 possessions again. Both teams want to go up and down sidewise. The spot is favoring Auburn, I think Alabama off another mega win. They know they can win these huge games. Um, and if they do, Jim, it's potentially three wins over one seeds, which you mentioned on the bracket show last night, which is insane. Um, but the road win road win factor that's always in my head is sticking there. What if Alabama pops Auburn here after Auburn beat them at home? Um, I'm staying away. Line seems sharp, but the over at 156 and a half is my best bet. Yeah, yeah, I, I sort of was torn on the total here because I do think the pace will be there. The, the fact that the first one was over 80 possessions is insane and I think sustainable because both teams want to run and they want to launch. Uh, the problem is I think Alabama just has 
trouble scoring against this Auburn defense. Uh, Quinterly and Shackelford were a combined eight for 33 in the first game. You're not really scoring at the rim against this Auburn defense. And that was with Kessler only playing 13 minutes because yeah, of foul trouble. Played. Yep. Um, and the threes that they end up taking are more forced and not like inside out kick out threes with, with rotating defenses. Auburn's defense is too good to like completely negate and rule out taking mid range jumpers. If they know you're not going to shoot from there, I think that makes everything else more difficult. Um, so I'm leaning towards Auburn on the spread here. They're 10 and one against the spread at home. Like why mess with it? They're awesome at the jungle. Uh, and yeah, total wise torn. So go Kai's best bet. Uh, another point in your uh, favor here. Yeah. Clearly was in Fuego against Baylor. I, I think if you're starting to get him rolling, he's been a little bit in the slump. I think he's the key to this entire offense, man. Well, he he's able to break down the defense. I just think that he opens up a world of opportunities, catch and shoot. Uh, catch and drive for those other dudes. A key thing tonight, personnel-wise, Darius Miles, game-time decision, did not play against Baylor. One of those versatile, uh, wingy athletes that I think can defend those type of that archetype that Auburn has in spades. Um, so maybe something to watch if you're looking to nitpick. If he's not uh, playing, though, that's just more Juwan Gary, or hopefully. More Juwan Gary, he's which is excellent. another good defender. When he plays too. more, yes. they, like their record is great. Uh, he was, I think he only played six minutes because of foul trouble in the first meeting. So that really, really hurt uh, Alabama. Yep. He had 15 points last game, Jim, so actually helped the offense. But I think he's on there because their defense. Jordan Majeski cited the on-off numbers with Gary in there for uh, for Alabama's defense. A big reason why I also just think Bama's more of an under team long-term. But you're right, Kai. Maybe in this matchup, it just gets ballistic up and down pace and people pinball. actually make shots. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Last game here before we pivot to chat mob round one. St. John's hosting Providence, Jim. I would say some people probably look at this line and think trap or fishy um, just because, well, St. John's has been disrespected in the market, at least in my opinion, to, to date this season, especially recently, um, and favored by a field goal over a Providence team that is first in the Big East. What do you make of it? Yeah, my, my buddy at Visa and Tim Murray would call this a stinky line, and he would tell you to embrace the stink and take the home team that's favored over the ranked team. Revel in that stink, baby. Yes, yes. yes. And some people were, Matt. This got bet from two to three and a half overnight. There's been a little buyback on the Friars, but people just continue to not really buy this Providence team. And I sort of get it. They're not really like blowing away numbers uh, in terms of ATS, but they win. They just repeatedly win over and over again. I do think Kai, though, spot-wise, coming off that big emotional Marquette win where they were getting revenge from a big blowout, now going on the road to St. John's, who needs wins, this could be a little reflective of the Providence at Marquette game where they just got wiped out. So yeah. I am leaning towards St. John's, despite the number being a little above probably where I would make it initially. Yeah, I've seen multiple Twitter birds surprised that Providence is a dog, but you got to throw that <clears throat> record rating out the window. It doesn't equal power rating, doesn't equal ATS. Um, Providence one and four against the spread last five. So they haven't been good against the number in, uh, recently. And as, as Jack Stone in the chat points out, Providence is now the all-time leader in Kim Palm's luck factor, um, which is funny. And, and, wow. and we can see it. They are squeaking by in all these games. Quite the honor. Yeah. I, I think this spot's great for the storm. Um, the Friars have a target on their back now with, with all the games they've won, all the attention they're getting Providence Mac controlled the first game, but both teams were ice cold eight for 38 from three. The Johnnies actually had a seven-point lead in the second half, but yeah. we're just eight for 17 for the free throw line. Hopefully that changes for them at home. Um, I, I do lean towards St. John's despite the minus three number. I know myself and our producer, Greg, are very salty that Al Durham couldn't hit a free throw with 0.7 left against yeah. Marquette. Uh, yeah, how about but, that? Oh, well, we'll take it. 
I actually lean Providence. I, I really do at, at three. I think this should be closer. Like a pick them. I didn't get much for home at all. So uh, I'll continue to be against the green here. Didn't get uh, much for home. I didn't. No, I didn't. St. John's. Why is that? I just didn't. I think the big East home courts, especially when you're in that Northeast quarter, just haven't been super great this season. So I don't know. Just my personal opinion on that one. Um, I have nothing else to add here. The under, maybe if you're looking for a total lean, I think it could be a little slower pace than the typical St. John's bonanza a tempo games have been so far this year but nothing profound chat mob time we got a lot i assume let's do them yep we'll start with pat taylor matt you said you were instituting chat mob locks and he's two and oh yep. since you instituted that rule is, his lock tonight is your heels you love the tar heels we know you, you go way back <laughs> with north carolina minus three on the road at louisville did louisville kind of you know blow their load, I guess, for lack of a better term, mm, with the, the big yeah. Duke effort. Uh, and Malik Williams suspended for this one. Do you agree with him, UNC? Well, did UNC blow their load with the 100-point uh, shellacking of their cross-town or in-state rival uh, in the research triangle there? The big thing here is Malik Williams not playing. I think he's worth four or five points to Louisville just because of his defensive presence, and he's sort of a reliable source of offense when their guards are erratic, which has been often this season. However, it sounds like there's some real chemistry issues behind the scenes. So maybe it's like an addition by subtraction. It sounds like it's for Kai's leaning. Um, yeah. I have no take on this game. This is the ultimate stay away for me. If UNC like, wants to be in the tournament, they have to win. So yeah. I don't like UNC on the road very much. That's my I don't either. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Kai from Scott Craig, Richmond at Duquesne. The Spiders have been a tough team to figure out. Way more erratic than a team with a ton of seniors should be. Take on a really young Dukes team. What do you got? Yeah, and then Duquesne's kind of been limping lately. Um, There's a a Trey Williams in this game. (laughs) There is a Trey Williams. He's very good for Duquesne. He's important. Um, I I liked it at the higher number. The market bet it down to six and a half. Probably where it should be. I don't trust either team. So I I stayed away and said, no, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. I I could see maybe a lot of points. Duquesne's defense isn't great, but we'll see. All right, I'm feeling this one because I am with my guy, Ray Reyes. Why doesn't the market respect the air troops? I'm with him. They are yeah, so feisty agree. as an underdog getting 15 on the road. I know spectrum magic is real Matthias, but I, I just have to lean towards air force there. They've been, they've been really good and it's a tough team to blow out in a really low total game. Utah State, they, Utah State huge... that first game though. Yeah, Utah State true. remembers that. Utah State just beating the uh, San Diego State. I think this comes to manifest as a sleepy kind of spot potentially. So, I like the air troops. Despite the revenge, I don't know. We'll see. It's Rylan Jones' status also matters. We'll see what, whether he's able to play yeah. coming out of concussion protocol. Uh, Matt, multiple multiple people asked about Toledo at Eastern Michigan. Pete said oh, clearly no. Toledo Faders Anonymous has gone broke because they did not take a bunch of steam against them today. Do you think the Rockets blow out Eastern Michigan? Nope, I'm on EMU. Got a healthy last game. I think this line's too high. Stop it. I'm not betting this get- game. Matt, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you're continuing to go broke against Toledo. Betting on Toledo is really I've, fun. I've, I've only faded them. Now, nah, I guess I have faded them quite. I'll, you know, I'll look at the numbers. I'll do my Toledo ROI analysis this yeah, season. Let me know, I don't let think me it's that far in the red. I don't think it's that far in the red. It it's is in the red. Definitely in the red. Though. It's in the red. It's in the red. <laughs> it is. Uh, all I've right, had Kai. A few relapses. In the SEC, we've done a couple, or there's a couple of SEC games tonight, but this one is not on the outline. South Carolina at Mississippi State, also from Pat Taylor. Anything for you here? I'm checking the line, Jim. Uh, eight points. Hmm. I lean towards Cox. South Carolina, but I swore off the Cox, Matt. Matt Cox, after, uh, after they let me down like five or six times. And they did just beat Texas A&M. 
but that's what they do. They, they show you that, that they can beat teams and then they go and they get blown out. So I actually like the over in this game. That's my biggest lean. Miss state overs have been popping like crazy lately. Um, perhaps Tolu Smith being out as part of that. I think both teams will run. So high possession game. Yeah. I think no Tolu Smith definitely matters for spread and total. So lean towards the Cox and the over Matt out West in the mountain West, Timmy miles has been, you know, he energized the program early, but the San mm-hmm. Jose state Spartans have struggled. Now they're hosting Fresno. Anything for you on that one? Yeah. The shooting regression was inevitable for San Jose state. They're shooting out of their ass start the year. They've now been mortal from behind the arc and they have no interior presence without Diallo. Um, Robinson's not hundred percent. That's my only concern. If you're looking to, to fade the San Jose state downward spiral. Um, but that's my only point you can make in a, in the Spartans favor. Unfortunately, Timmy miles, you'll be fine, man. Next year's the year. Next year's the year. I'm laughing. Scott Schaefer asked what is Eastern Michigan's Twitter account saying about the game? The one that yeah. hasn't tweeted. Uh, in <laughs> they, uh, they, they come, they rise from the ashes today when they beat Toledo 90 to 80. We'll see. All right, Matthias, let's go back to center. let's go back to the outline. I'll continue collecting chat mob questions. We'll hit them more uh, at the end of the show. Yeah, we're going to Big Ten country. Uh, Big Ten's certainly been overshadowed in tonight's slate by the other conferences, but Maryland, the fear of the turtle. Those of you who are out in the area, go be sure to stop by and check out your whatever team take on Michigan State. It seemed that I have a dissenting opinion upon Kai. I know I tend to think this team is pretty good. You guys, don't you have a dissenting opinion. I have exclusively dissenting opinions, but this is one of my more, I think, stronger dissenting opinions, Mr. McCann. Uh, Numbers been bet down. Maryland opened, um, what, four and a half. It's been bet down to plus three, plus three and a half at most places. If it hits three kids, I will be a Sparty man tonight. Kai, your thoughts. I took Maryland at four. Um, I don't like it. They're three and 10 against the spread at home. Not great. Um, but it's a big 10. I think home court still matters. Anyone can beat anyone. And, and Maryland, I think can beat anyone. They beat Illinois, for instance, uh, Sparty's off that major win against Michigan. I, I think it's a bit of a letdown spot for them. Maryland's coming off the Indiana loss. And like we've said, Matt, with you, which is where your dissenting opinion comes from. Michigan State's just not that talented. Like I'm not scared. I, I think Maryland can go toe to toe with them. Talent wise. They're obviously a better team. They're obviously better coached, but Talent-wise, I think Maryland is pretty close. Um, they do a decent job guarding the perimeter. And Michigan State's defense, it has to regress. Opponents are under 29% from three and under 68% from the free-throw line. Both lead the Big Ten. That's That has to regress, and hopefully it starts tonight. I, I liked Maryland at the higher number. Now I'll pass. It's elite free-throw defense, Kai. You can't elite. teach that. You just talk a lot of crap, I guess, to him. At the line. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't regress too hard, Kai, because I like the under here. Uh, nine of the last 11 meetings have gone under. Obviously, that means a little less without Turgeon in charge. But, Matt, I think the way Manning's playing, it's a little slower. It's a little more through the paint. That actually helps the under even stylistically. So I'm, I'm leaning that way. Nothing on the side for me in this one. Yeah, Kai, you just tell the whole picture of the regression shooting regression story for Michigan state. They are first in big 10 in three point shooting first in defense, three point shooting first in their own offensive free throw shooting percentage first in defense. The variance monster That's is so trying rare. to yeah. trying to find them. So I, I when it finally gets the Michigan state, uh, whatever in its paws and rips to shreds. I hope tonight's not the night though, for my own. It is a good but shooting. Team. Sake, at least, at least tonight. they actually have control. I know, they have shooters, that, man. Hauser so. and, um, Gabe Brown, Max Christie. Well too, yeah. And Gabe Brown. Yeah, they got cheaters there. I think it's for real. Oh, another game that we are torn on. Let's continue rolling down the outline here. St. Bonaventure hosting Davidson, a team that has driven us up a wall versus a team that's been fun in a rocket ship all season. 
here's my take on this, Jim. And I know you're going to rip it to shreds, as you probably should. In the two games where I feel like the Bonnies have been motivated against a legit quote unquote opponent in Buffalo and VCU, although we now know Buffalo is not that good, just kind of aside there, the Bonnies covered and they won both those games. They dominated VCU. To me, it feels like a game where we see Bonaventure's best effort start to finish against a top tier A10 opponent that they need to beat. Why am I an why, idiot? Why were they more motivated against Buffalo than Northern Iowa? It's a, it's a big rival, Northern uh, New York. Buffalo God, area, you, whatever. You talk circles around why this this no, it's a real thing. bad. That's yeah, a thing. but they're two and six against the spread at home. They've been one of the most disappointing teams in the country this year. Um, I, I think you're you're setting up goalposts in like the most convenient way possible for them. I am. That's what I do. As that a said, the VCU game is what spooked me off taking Davidson because they are capable of getting up for a big home performance in front of a huge hype crowd. They still have outside hopes, thoughts of an A10 title. And that really runs through this game. If they lose, they're, they're not eliminated, but it's going to be a long comeback for it. So as much as I want to bet Davidson, they're the more fun team. They're clearly better, more cohesive, have a better identity figured out right now. I'm just am a little bit spooked, Kai, of, of the, the Olean. Ooh, he's advantage. scared of the Bonnie. He's scared of the Bonnie. That, that, that one VCU game, if that, if that VCU game hadn't gone that way, I'd be ready to, to take Davidson. Yeah, and I was on VCU that game. But yeah, Shrew better okay. just says, oh, Bonnie, uh, you make Bonnie's play another good game. You take Davidson. The Bonnie's have been bad. Davidson's been good. It's it's simple. Hey, that's what betting is, man. It's just really, really easy, and everyone can do it. Uh, I I think it might be, though. The strengths, Bonnie's are awesome on the glass, and they can get to the line. They can't shoot. Those are the opposite of what Davidson's been struggling with. They're fine on the glass this year. They've been getting killed from deep defensively. Bonnie's can't really exploit either one. I think Davidson scores pretty easily, um, but... The under is my favorite lean here due to the pace I expect this game to play at. Both games last season, both of them played 56 possessions. So this game is going to be a crawl. Davidson, Matt, 0-2 last year against St. Bonaventure. They're awesome this season. Perhaps they use that uh, as more of a motivation factor. So leaning Dave, leaning under. Yeah, I mean, just to be clear, I'm not like betting Bonaventure here. I think the price is about right. It sounds like none of us actually have action on this game. Just a general disagreement in how we see the narratives in both teams and the angle of the spot. I would remind folks that Bonaventure did beat Clemson and Boise and Marquette, by the way, by 16 points as well. well Matt, why weren't they motivated helpless. against Virginia Tech? That's what I want to know. Wasn't that off the COVID pause? No. Oh. That game was a that was disaster. The game was horrid. Absolutely <laughs> horrid. Uh, You're on the you argue, I, I was not was, actually you was both were idiots. Losers. I'm joking. Let's continue. Um, we're staying in the eastern part of the uh, country. As someone pointed out in the chat, it's western New York, the bottom entry, Buffalo, not northern New York and western Kai by Niagara Falls there. Uh, but, hey, we're going to tell me. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. We, we, we both need lessons. We both need reminders about that type of stuff. We're going to stores, Connecticut, though, for this one. UConn will be hosting the Jump Shooting Jays, as we used to call them, Jim. But this year, the Jump Shooting Jays are more of the interior-focused paint patrolling Jays with their size and length. Now that's what UConn has um, in, in abundance. So you got you what you could argue this is a a tough matchup for the Jays. I think the number is too big though. It's up to ten and a half. I laid ten or I took ten and a half with the other uh, Jays. Yeah, double digits feels really high. This is actually in Hartford, man. No, it's not no, it's in Hartford. Okay. It's at the, the Excel yes. Center, the bigger venue, which I like. Um, I think. Yeah. Do you? Interesting. Oh, for Creighton. I, yeah, for Creighton. Creighton. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a yeah. lower home court edge for UConn. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they've got Kalkbrenner to somewhat negate Sonogo inside, and I think that's kind of been the go-to offense for UConn is let's get the ball to Sonogo, force rotations, because no one can really guard him one-on-one, and maybe Kalkbrenner can do that a little bit. 
Uh, it's just such a different matchup than any historical Creighton versus UConn game because of the the shape and the structure of this Creighton team versus past ones where it was all pace and space and, and a lot of shooting. This one doesn't have the same kind of uh, fingerprint. So I am actually leaning towards Creighton with the, with just because it is so high, but Kai, it's not a emphatic punch against the market uh, all like home run side here. Yeah, UConn took a lot of money, and they've been really good. Um, they didn't cover against DePaul, but they did five of the last six before that. And Creighton's on a bit of a skid, losing to Butler and Xavier. I think Sonogo has a pretty big advantage on Kalkbrenner, but I hadn't given him a lot of credit either this season. And he's certainly been, been better than my expectations. He's just not strong at all. And Sonogo is, is very strong. That guy is enormous, um, especially in person. Um, I think Creighton, Matt, though, has enough pieces to hang around within double digits. It is a big spread they've been solid against the spread as an underdog this year so i I do lean towards the jays yeah here's my jays concerns could argue they're starting to hit that freshman wall we've seen them have some turnover issues um really floundered down the stretch against xavier although from what i watched in that game i thought that was 29 to 2 run was not good i kind of think that was some fluky shooting by xavier i'll be honest like nunji hitting two absurd threes i think they banked another three two and young teams don't respond well to that kind of adversity especially like in their home crowd where it just kind of felt like you could hear a pin drop i don't know whatever i i think that was still a very good effort this creighton team is very good they're going to be prone to these ups and downs this volatility i just think this spot is a good matchup for them um and i, I think they play well they compete so last game on the outline sec country tennessee hosting texas a&m this one has ugly, gross, drag-out rock fight written all over it, Jim. The under feels too obvious. I almost took it. Um, from a spread perspective, it feels pretty big for Tennessee, a team that doesn't really have offensive continuity at all. Uh, what are you looking at here? I, yeah, the under feels easy because the offense is stink, but I think tempo will actually be not up and down, but Texas A&M will pressure you and and probably will force a few turnovers right. against the young yep. Tennessee backcourt. So. Maybe that amps up tempo just a little bit. That has me scared off the under, despite it, you know, that, that kind of being the gut reaction when you see these two teams next to each other. I don't trust Tennessee as a big favorite at all. I think Texas A&M is feisty enough to hang around. Double digits, Tennessee laying double digits, I can't imagine has been a good bet, especially in conference play over the last like five years. Kai has a stat for me. Hit me with it. Yeah. Well, they're four and four as a double digit favorite this year against okay. the spread. Hmm. But caveat, I think three of those games, maybe even four were non-conference against like inferior, inferior, yeah. inferior competition. Like so, bad, bad teams, East Tennessee right, state, yeah. UNC yeah. Greensboro. Those are the teams they beat by 40. Exactly. Yeah. So, and Texas A&M, by the way, has not been this big of a dog all season. Um, they've covered five or last seven. I think someone pointed out in the chat, they haven't lost by t- more than 12 points all year. So they hang around and Tennessee. Yeah. We've kind of been saying it. I don't think they're going to blow Texas A&M out because of their offense but I can't see Texas A&M scoring at all. I, I think Tennessee locks them up defensively. So I, while I agree the pace probably plays a little more up-tempo than people think, I think the efficiency is not going to be there. Um, I, I guess I lean towards A&M slightly and slightly towards the underlean as well, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I love the balls. Everyone knows that. I was actually leaning toward A&M here. It just seems like a decent spot for the Aggies. Uh, Buzz seems fairly encouraged in some of his post-game pressers. They Ball lost four in a row, but... Uh, I mean, three of those were pretty excusable. I mean, two were on the road. I think almost all, lost to the zoo as well. Before they, the, struggling. I think they've been playing pretty well. I think they're, they're not going to be a team that's going to beat, like they're going to be dicey against the bottom part of the SEC, but they're going to be feisty against the upper part of the SEC. So they had a nice effort against a, Kentucky where they would have won if they didn't yeah. shoot like one for 22 from deep. 
Uh, right. So I think as a, when they're, when they have expectations, not a great bet when they're sort of the, no one believes in us. That's like right up Buzz's alley, you know, just junkyard dog type of dude. And his teams play so damn hard. Um, and that matters. That's a skill, especially when you're laying or when you're catching uh 10 and a half, 11 and a half, whatever price you you lock in there. All right. Outline done chat mob round two, Jim, let's open it up. Right back to you, Matt, my local team, UNLV kind of one of your darlings this season. They're hosting Nevada. Injury issues on both sides with Warren Washington and Donovan Williams. Anything for you on this game? Yeah, I just saw Don Williams has been reported as doubtful for this game after initially being slated as a game-time decision. Uh, also, Grant sherfield has been injured. He's playing hurt, which is a major issue for Nevada, a team that really relies heavily on his playmaking. Nevada's been a house of cards. How much farther can they fall? I don't know. I don't want to really lay points with UNLV, Jim, but that's the way I'd lean, given just the direction I think Nevada's headed right now. Yeah, I think it's priced fairly properly. And yeah, the, but the, the Nevada issues with their lineup with Sherfield banged up and Washington out, like these are two of their three most important players. Uh, and they, man, their their trajectory is down, down, down. So yeah, toward, sort of lean towards UNLV. Uh, Kai, we're going to the Mac, even though I think Matt might have more of a, a take on this game, but I'm going to you. Canisius at Siena, the Saints, are oh, they going yes. marching in again today? Yeah, I guess I lean towards Siena. Max, tough figure out, man. Home court doesn't seem to matter much, um, especially these two teams. I, I Another geography lesson. I don't think Canisius and Siena are super far away. Someone can correct me on that one. Aiden Carpenter's been out uh, last two games for Siena. Hasn't mattered, but he's been out. I think that's a factor. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Coley Rogers is basically. awesome. Yeah. Buffalo to Albany is not an easy trip, both in the – the, the non-New York City it? part of New York. No, I haven't it, Kai. Uh, <laughs> I, we did a cross country from Chicago to Boston. We drove through upstate New York, but I don't think we did like an Albany. Anyway, that aside, Eileen Siena, we're marching, fellas. Trust yeah, it. Yeah. Keep always marching. You're always marching. Always marching. All right, two-pack from Ryan Abramowitz. Matt, starting with you, uh, both from the West Coast. UC Davis headed to UC Riverside. We just got the official announcement yesterday that J.P. Mormon is done for the year for, uh, for UC Good. Riverside. He hasn't Stop been tracking there. that one. Yeah, yeah he hasn't I, I wrote in. down what happened to JP Mormon. Someone please tell me. <laughs> he left. Uh, but UC Davis taking a little bit of money down from six to five. What do you think? Matt. Uh, oh, me. Directly. Oh, sorry. For me. Sorry. I thought it was going for Kai. I have no take here, Jim. I don't know what Riverside really is without Mormon. They really need his offensive presence. And I actually don't love the defense as much as I did last season. They're not as like imposing or overwhelmingly long or suffocating. So, I mean, they're extremely well coached and they have that like to stand on, but I just am general Kai falling out of favor with this Riverside team, especially without Mormon. Yeah. I kind of like Davis here. I think they're feisty as an underdog and Riverside's got the weird needs double regression where no one's making threes against them, but they're not making threes either. So that's not strong enough angle. Kai, you get Cal at Stanford also out West from Ryan Abramowitz. Yeah. I'm leaning towards Stanford. Um, rumors of personnel for Cal. I, I, I lean towards Stanford, but nothing strong. Home, home's not very much here. These, these schools are close. Um, yeah. Andre Kelly right. got banged up late last game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bay area. This is, these are very close. Lean, lean Stanford, but Cal's been feisty. Yep. Uh, ball state at Ohio. We are saving for best bets. So oh, give it to me. We'll get uh, everyone knows I'm going there, Jim. Yeah, that's true. Everybody ball state. Knows. Ball state. Um, Ohio can't guard its shadow. And I know I like Ball State more than I probably should, but Ball State's been pretty feisty, kids. I think you have to give me some credit on that one. Uh, double digits against a team that can't guard, especially a team that might be without Ben Roderick, already chipping into the lackluster, insufficient depth that I'd say the Bobcats have. Um, I worry that Sears could have 40. Very, very real concern. 
Um, but Peyton Sparks should have a field day inside against those more inverted bigs that Ohio trots out there. If you told me Roderick was going to be out, I would be with you on this one. Uh, so leaning towards Ball State, but not quite there on the number unless Roderick's out. Uh, Kai, staying in the MAC, Kent State headed to Miami, Ohio. This question from our guy, Harry R. Miami, Ohio got blown out by Eastern Michigan yeah. without Delonte Brown. He's likely out again today. Is that yep. a key factor for you? Yeah, I think it is. They, they're clearly worse without him. And Kent State just got Santiago back. They looked really good against Bowling Green. So I lean towards Kent State. Kent State should have a field day inside. Absolute bloodbath on, on the boards. Uh, Matt from D-Nice and a couple others. Boston College at Virginia. Uh, Ken Palm's only got to sign six, but some people are thinking yeah. maybe eight and a half, nine is too short. Virginia laying points, though, has been a tough recipe this year. Yeah, they've been better on the – or sorry – I guess at home, they've not been as played as well as they have on the road on a relative cover margin basis. I kind of lean Virginia. Um, Kai, I know you're laying that way too. You probably have a more profound take here. Yeah, but I'm not strong. I, I, I would probably lay the points, but it doesn't feel good because just looking at the spread, you're like, Virginia can't be this high over anybody. Trivia question for you guys. Where is Virginia's defense ranked in the ACC right now so far in conference play? I'll guess ninth. Sixth. Thirteenth. Wow. Virginia has the 13th best defense in the ACC, a bad ACC. Just want to kind of put that out there. That is a problem. Yeah. The personnel is not quite there. All right. A twofer from the big 10. Kyle, go to you first from Matt Cabinacci. We got road Rutgers headed to Northwestern who can't win close games. Is this game too tough to predict or do you actually have a a lean on it? Number wise, probably Rutgers, but I think Northwestern gets it done. They get it done, Jim. It's a winnable game. They're at home. They've gotten close before. I think they get it done. Yeah, Rutgers couldn't win that short, short hand in Minnesota. They're just not very good on the road. They have no bench themselves. Yeah, I think they're starting to kind of crack. Matt, you get from Mike Adams, Nebraska headed to Michigan. We saw the Wolverines just clobber Nebraska in Lincoln. Do they do the same thing in Ann Arbor? I kind of think so, and it's a pretty good spot. Um, I, I just, I kind of like this Nebraska team. I think they're going to trend up, but this matchup is not the time to back them. If anything, I go Michigan. Lonzo Verge was out last game. I think it actually yeah. helped them. It's like personal reasons. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to figure I, out. I, I buy that Ewing theory. Like he's electric, but also. Now it's just the gallons, better pecking order. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I buy it. Into it. All right, Matt, right back to you from the Mac. Northern Illinois at Western Michigan. The Broncos have been a little bit of a pet team for you. I kind of like Western Michigan with B. Artis White back, but they've taken a bunch of money. They have, which is a good thing for you folks. Um, don't bet them. They love to blow leads and they love to blow covers. They've just been a complete train wreck in the final five minutes. But seeing the artist White and Lamar Norman back and making shots is very encouraging. I think they are undervalued, just not a team you really want to trust on a consistent basis. All right, Kai, last one in the chat. Russell and a couple others. You got to give a very profound take here. I need something from you. Seton Hall headed to Georgetown. Hmm. Why should we not take the over with this Georgetown defense involved? Why should we not fade Georgetown? What do you think? Yeah, I think I actually took the under because of Bryce Aiken. I think he's still on the fence. And Seton Hall's been a very, very strong under team without him in the lineup. But Georgetown's defense is, like, historically bad for the Big East. Um, Georgetown's been really feisty as an underdog. And I'm I'm trying to look. I mean, they've covered three of the last four as an underdog in the Big East. Uh, I kind of lean their way at seven and a half, especially with no Aiken. I was on the one they didn't cover. Freaking Hoyas, man. Yeah. So tough. Yep. So was I. I've been on like last four games. But. Yeah, well, <laughs> they covered three out of four for you then. That's good. That's called a positive ROI. Yep. 
All right, that wraps up the chat mob section. We'll go to best bets. I'll quick recap what mine was. It was the Iowa State Kansas under 136.5. Noah Baji. I think it's a slow game in front of the Hilton Magic Faithful. Like the under there. Matt, you've given one best bet. I don't believe you've given the second yet. Yeah, I'm going to start playing more because I'm tired of giving one and then that's the one that gives up the 29 to zero run to start the second half despite being up 10 in the first half pacific what are we doing what what's let's play a full 40 minutes it's not it's the nba plays 48 we can't play 40 despicable anyway ball state so make sure you guys lock that in um and my other best bet is it was oh yeah creighton that's right i forgot i should have underscored that when we talked about it uh, Creighton, anything at 10 or higher i believe veterans is still holding that within range you get 10 and a half yeah, I'll yeah. take the hook there too. I I think that plays to a little bit lower number than the the total indicates. I think Crane keeps it close. Great. So uh, my, for me. Kai. Mine yeah. was Auburn, Alabama, the iron ball going over 156 and a half, 80 plus possessions. 80 plus possessions. That's what we start chanting for that game. Yeah. That's a lock because I disagree with it. Remember that, folks. That's a lock because I do not agree with that take. You jinx me one more time, pal. Crap. Yeah, he he agreed with my best. He bet, loves so my under's screwed. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So Jim's is probably screwed. Kai's is probably good. And mine are screwed no matter what. So there you go. One and three. It's already decided. You don't have to watch them tonight. Fellas, ladies, enjoy the night in college basketball. Should be a fun one. Um, lots to look forward to. Come back tomorrow, same time. And uh, good luck tonight. Thank you, Bet Rivers. Hey, 